Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm fairly flexible when it comes to cakes. What about you? I'm fairly flexible. I, I do like a Victoria sponge. If it's a column of caterpillar, I try not to eat the face. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Hello, Josh. Aloha. Here we are in another week, and it probably doesn't matter when you listen to this podcast, but um, another Downing Street... You can listen anytime. You can listen anytime, but another Downing Street party has probably just been revealed in the papers. The latest one, as we speak at the end of January, is that Boris Johnson had a birthday, alleged, because you have to wait for Sue Gray to say whether it was a birthday party, an alleged (laughs) birthday party in his office when he was ambushed by birthday cake. Have you ever been ambushed by birthday cake? Uh, no, people don't really like me, so they don't <laughs> buy, buy me cakes or anything. We te- we have cake. We had two birthdays in the office in the last week. Yeah, with, uh, and people have brought in cake. But the second birthday, the young lady said, "I don't want anyone to sing happy birthday. I don't like it." So, uh, is that a COVID thing? Because she doesn't want singing and the kind of air particles around no, her. She just doesn't like singing. Uncomfortable with the singing. What about if you just play happy birthday on? the radio on the record I didn't ask her I respected her wishes Mark I didn't want to harass her okay Uh, what's um, it's interesting that you're having birthday cake in this um, sort of post or even current pandemic era so is it I didn't realise cake was related to there are no cake restrictions obviously but I would just be worried about hands and people breathing over my cake are you having candles people blowing candles out I've I've heard they've eased restrictions on cake yeah. They're looking to sort of get back to normal on cake. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we didn't blow out a candle. It was okay. a candle, but but he didn't blow it out. He, it he uh, did it with his hands. And um, what's your are you a Colin the Caterpillar, Cuthbert, or are you a kind of Victoria Sponge? Well, the first birthday was a I think it was like a Wiggles the Caterpillar or something from Sainsbury's. It was delicious. Um and then the second birthday there was a there was a choice of chocolate cake and a sort of Victoria sponge muffin. I'd say a choice if a few of us had both. Because right. uh, it's too hard to make a choice. Yeah, it was good. Lovely. I'm fairly flexible when it comes to cakes. What about you? I'm fairly flexible. I, I do like a Victoria sponge. Um, if it's a column of caterpillar, I try not to eat the face because I think that's too rich. And also eating something with a face is just weird, although... I eat meat, but the, it, it, the steak doesn't come with a face. Does not need the cow's head? No. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about last podcast, last episode, and there's two topics to, to pick up on. Okay. Because we was, when we recorded, we were talking about Djokovic, mm. and it hadn't really 
sort of got serious at that point. It was just that he said he wants to come in and he's got an exemption. Yeah. And then about a day after he got in, and I was a bit worried because I sounded silly, but now, then, since then, he's out again. He's in, he's out, he's been detained. What's your take on the whole thing? I think it sends a good message that no one is above the requirements. I mean, it, I mean, when it dug into it, it he did imply he had the appropriate ex- exemption. But then he, he said he had COVID, but then it looked like while he had COVID, he was off doing journalist interviews and meeting people. So not not the best PR. No, I heard an interesting one that um, the England cricket team are looking to appoint him as their new coach after the disastrous Ashes season uh, series because uh, it took Australia two weeks to get him out. Nice, very good. <laughs> so he blind that up. Very nice. I didn't even line it up. Just no. like, I'm off the cuff, you know me. Off the cuff. Very good. Um, the other thing we spoke about last time is you asked me if any of the insurers were sort of putting COVID restrictions and clauses in policies. Yeah. And a few days after that, one of the insurers, Guardian, um, for an application we've got in, said because the applicant hadn't been vaccinated mm. and had some underlying respiratory condition they were going to charge them all interesting well if if you know any freelance journalists you should probably tell them because they may be interested in following that up with you oh well um i'll speak to the, the good ones i know okay why don't you um no why don't you get in touch with me after the podcast we'll give you some more details lovely um so i was going to segue from the um theme of many happy returns because i think we were going to look at investment returns Oh, you want? Hang on a minute. If you want, I'll, help, I'll help you with this segue. Come. Um, so we have birthdays in the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the subject, well, many happy returns to those people, and on the subject of um, many happy returns, um, we we're going to talk about investment performance 2021 because the beginning of the year is often a, an interesting time to look back. And when I think of the past year, I think of. Um, well, it's crazy what's going on. Obviously, there was a pandemic and there was Brexit. There was the supply chain crisis, the energy market crisis. I remember we weren't going to have any um, pigs in blanket for blankets for Christmas. There um, was you growing a beard. I grew, about that. grew a beard. Yep. I mean, that doesn't really have an impact on the economy other than well, have you shaving cream. Yeah. yeah, shaving cream prices. There you go. And raises. There you go. Um, I did. I'm going to quickly talk tell you about a instantly it was towards the end of last year so it's still 2021 talking about that year where i did go to a barber's and had a professional shave and he laughed at me and said oh i can tell you did this yourself previously which i took offense to because i was quite pleased with my beard grooming but he he um wasn't pleased so anyway and that contributed to the negative impact of 2021 so that makes. I'll just well. interrupt you again because I know I like interrupting you. Okay. Uh, and and throwing you off your uh, your thought pattern. But you know we talk about this nonsense about beards and haircuts and stuff in the podcast because we like to chat with each other. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lovely lady who listens to a podcast who's a client came into the office yesterday and she said, "Oh, I thought you were you were going to have a ponytail." <laughs> it depends what episode you're listening to. If you listen yeah. to it in the, in the summer, I'll probably be clean shaven. So she was a few episodes uh, behind. Right, well, see if you can get back on track. Remember what you were talking about. Yeah. Anyway, twenty twenty was pretty difficult, especially if you have to do a podcast with you. Um, <laughs> but what about the markets? Because often um, the stock markets don't necessarily reflect what's been going on 
in the news. So you may feel like it's all bad out there, but then when you look at your investment portfolio, it may paint a different picture. It may do, yeah. And um, so I think we should say, so although we're going to talk about investment returns in 2021, really, when people look at these things on a, let's say, take a calendar year, that's just an arbitrary time frame to look at things like why are we obsessed with a yearly return or should we be looking at six monthly or 10 yearly or whatever it is? So we know as long-term investors that short short periods, short timeframes don't tell you anything and that you've got to stay invested for the long term if you want to create and maintain your wealth. But it's interesting to just have a chat about it and see what different markets have done over last year. Yeah. Well, I guess if, if last year was the year you chose to retire and you need to, to take down money or you wanted to access your pot for, I don't know, a mortgage deposit or something, the returns would have been quite important. Well, they're always important. They're always important. Okay. So, um, well, I've, I've, I've pulled a few uh, tables together of different sort of asset classes and, and different returns over the years just to see how different things have have done. I'm imagining being the researcher that you are, you've got something that you want to start with or do you want me to, to, to I want start you to, with what to, I've got? To throw tables at me. Okay. So this particular chart that I'm looking at, it says in 2021, the best asset class index was real estate investment trusts. Do you want to explain what an asset class is? Go on then. Well, an asset class is a type of investment, isn't it? So you can have shares or equities, which is like an investment in a company, or property, bonds, which are products that pay you a fixed rate of interest, like company debt. Yeah, so um, categorization of, a, of an asset. So real estate investment trust, that's like property, real estate is a bit of an American term, like property uh, investments. Doesn't mean buying a building, it means sort of buying into an investment that then buys that, that that investment company buys buildings. So that's sector. I'm sorry, that sorry asset class. That was the best performing, did you say? Yeah, on this particular chart, it's up 41% over 2021. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because last year I was writing a lot of stories about people no longer going to offices and kind of cities being dead. And a lot of these REITs or real estate investment trusts will be investing in office blocks and retail parks and stuff where I guess you would have businesses that also would have been closed for, for much of last year. Yeah, it's, well, it's interesting you say that as well because um, the year before in this table, and I keep saying this table because there's all different research you can use. The year before, it was the worst performing asset class yeah, and it was down 5%. And actually that, that fits in with what you're saying because 2020 was when the stuff hit the fan yeah. And that's when it went down. And then 2021 has been a bit of a recovery for it. Sure. But these tables, and what's the source of these? Where are these coming from? Um, does it tell you where these stats come from? Well, the Real Estate Investment Trust is coming from the FTSE NAR, NA REIT All Equity Index. It's my favourite. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they got it from originally. I could what I could do afterwards, if you like, Mark. Not that this is the sort of the be all and end all for charts, but I could give you the links if you want to put them in the show notes so people can have a look at these numbers themselves whilst they're Lovely. listening. 
okay. read along. The next uh, top performing asset class here is large cap. So that means like big company shares. Yep. So not, for instance, buying shares in the orchard practice or Cavendish content. Those are small companies. It's buying shares in Marks and Spencers, Google, stuff like that. And that is up 28% in 2021. Okay. Okay. Um, and following hot on its heels is small cap up 14%. So the bigger companies did better in terms of growth in 2021 than the smaller companies. The, the year before, when I look at this, 2020, the smaller companies were up 20% and the larger companies up 18%. That's interesting. And yeah. Maybe and it's the pandemic as well, don't know. Small companies adapting, more being more flexible. Over the over a, what, how many years have I got here? Sort of a 15-year history on this particular chart. Um, over that 15 years, large caps are up more than small caps, but some years it's the other way around. Okay. The next on that is international stocks up 11%. That's sort of developed markets. Then we've got high-yielding bonds up 5%. Cash on this chart is uh, 0% in terms of performance, which... You would expect because cash basically means leaving your money in the bank, you know, bank accounts. Yeah. Um, and it's actually quite good that they put this in charts because you'd be surprised how many people hold a lot of money in cash. I've had quite a few meetings uh, this week and last week with clients who have built up too much money in cash. And we're discussing where we put this because inflation is high. Hmm. And you get paid very little interest. So the, the the purchasing power, what you can actually do with that cash is going down. And th these sort of charts actually highlight that, that it's, it's 0%. And over a 15-year period, cash is bottom of this chart. But you need some cash, don't you? Correct, yeah. We're saying people have got too much cash. You need money in the bank to pay your bills mm -hmm. for emergencies and things you've got planned. But once you've allocated that amount, mm -hmm. then the rest should be put to better use. Okay. Um, I think we'll move on to an, another chart because that's probably the interesting things on, on this chart. The next one I've got is talking about international stock market returns. So it's, it's looking at the top 10, or the top, top 10 and, and bottom 10 worst performing countries for their stock markets. I thought that was quite interesting to talk about. Well, what do you think on this is the country that they've got as the top performing stock market in 2021 the top performing stock market in 2020 so country in 2021 i'm going to go for china because they would have sort everything out after infecting everyone else sorry that's allegedly <laughs> uh, no china is not the top in fact china doesn't actually uh we've got hong kong on here China in itself doesn't actually appear in the top or bottom 10. Number one on this chart is actually Austria. The Austrian market Austria. Is, up, it is up 42% in 2021. Okay. Um, I think it just goes to show you that I bet if, if we were having sort of making predictions at the beginning here, which I don't do because it's a waste of time, but I bet not many people thought, you know what, I need to put all my money in Austria. That's going to be the place for 
for this year. Yeah. I wonder what happened in Austria. There you go. Um, the year before, because sometimes, let's have a look, the year before in 2020, Austria was in the bottom 10. It was down 2%. Often you find that the top performing fund, investment, asset, country, whatever it is, is the worst performing from the previous year and vice versa. And people who get caught out by this sort of inexperienced investors who maybe read the money pages in the Times or, I mean, I read that, so I'm not criticising the paper, but read the money pages in different publications and see, well, what are the top performing funds? You know, you get these best buy tables and things and they mm. buy that fund and then they, they missed the boat. They bought it once it's had its good run. They're then in it for the, the bad performing year. Yeah. Lesson to learn there. Good lesson. Uh, see if you can see if you can guess any others of the top ten. Top ten. Um, give me give me a couple of countries. I'll tell you if they're in there. Um, Canada. Canada. Canada is in the table. Where was Canada? Canada was third. Third. Yeah. Up twenty six point nine percent in twenty twenty one, and up six percent in twenty twenty. Big market for cannabis stocks. FYI. Yes, it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll give you the top ten. So Austria, 42%. Yeah. Netherlands, 27%. I've, I've sort of uh, rounded these badly. Canada, 27%. Yeah. Sweden, 23%. Yeah. Norway, 23%. France, 20 Switzerland, 20 uh, What country is this? DNK. What's DNK, Mark? No, Denmark. <laughs> Denmark, should have known that one. Denmark, 19%. Great Britain, 18%. Italy, 16%. Israel, 15%. Uh, and that's the top 10. Have a guess at the, the bottom they've got here. USA. No, no, it's New Zealand. New Zealand, yes. Minus 16%. Yeah. Hong Kong, minus 4%. Yeah. And the next worst performing are actually all still in positive territory. Interesting. It, why is that interesting? Because even if you're, well, there's, there's two aspects of it. You could be performing badly, but in comparison to your peers, you could still be doing all right, or you could be performing well, but be lagging behind others. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's interesting, again, if you use it as a comparison to cash, international markets... Cash, we sort of know we're round about zero. International stock markets, even the there's only a couple that did worse than cash. The people that sort of talk about the risk in 2021 pretty much would have been better off in the uh, in the stock markets. So, how much of my investment portfolio is in Austria, the Netherlands, Canada, Sweden, France, and Denmark? Well, I haven't pulled your investment portfolio. Up. I didn't know you wanted to talk. No, I'm, being, I'm being facetious, <laughs> but, but you will have you will have exposure to a lot of these things. You've got developed market funds, you've got uh, emerging market funds, so you'll have expo global exposure. Um, one final chart that I've got, and then uh, if you've got any, we can uh, we can look at those. But um, this particular one here. It looks at asset classes. I'm sort of going to use the term asset class loosely because their number one asset class on this one is Bitcoin. Ooh. 
Now, as you know, I consider Bitcoin a, a commodity rather than asset class because it doesn't provide a uh, any sort of investment re- uh, return, like an interest or a dividend. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got Bitcoin up just under 60% in 2021. Now, I know since the turn of the year, it's had a big fall anyway. It has, yeah. But we're just looking at the, the year. They've got crude oil next at 56%. Um, couple of other things. Thanks so much for our energy. Yeah. I mean, this this site is an American site, and a couple of sort of um, big foolers, they've got silver down 11%, emerging markets down 5%, gold down 3%. Good time to buy jewellery, just in time for Valentine's Day. There you go. I hope your wife's yeah. listening. Um, I think one of the interesting things that I take from this that reiterates to me is the importance of a well-diversified portfolio. If you try and pick the winners, you're going to get it wrong. It's it's almost impossible to know that you should get out of silver because it's going to be down 11%, but put your money in Austria, come out of, uh, uh, I, I don't know, let's say put money in Bitcoin, but get out on the 31st of December. Just mm-hmm. The amount you're going to spend of your time and money trying to guess these things and, and research it, you're not going to get it right. That's what we have either the expert fund managers for or passive funds for. How do we know the expert fund managers will get it right? We don't. We don't. But we rely on them because it's their job. Yeah. Well, firstly, they've got more expertise than us and resources. And secondly, they... You, you can sort of um, pick the fund manager to focus on the area you want. So if you want someone to pick one fund manager to look at the global, look at everything in the world for you, you could do that. If you want to have one fund manager to focus on a specific area, so you could have a fund that invests in Austria and you'll pick the best fund manager who focuses on Austrian stocks, but you'll make sure that doesn't make up your entire portfolio. So the key is have have all, have the benefit of all the experts, focus on what they are experts in. Yeah, I agree with that. I think yeah. another interesting aspect on these stats is all of them bar cash and also bonds um, beat inflation, which is quite good because obviously the cost of living figure is now going above 5%. So you need quite a high return if your money is just in cash to beat that. Otherwise, you're effectively, well, effectively your cash in the bank is just losing money, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. And over the long term, um, your investments have done historically and will outperform cash, leaving the money in the bank and and inflation. Um, Short term, there's going to be years where your investments are down, you know, temporary declines. But you've got to be able to intellectually intellectually, um, understand that. And no, that's not a problem because long term, you're okay. So how how often do you think you should check... I mean, is it still good to check every year, but just not worry? Or should you kind of wait? What do you mean by check? Like monitor your portfolio, your, look at your returns. Um, it depends where you're invested. So if you are in, if your uh, investment approach is a passive investment approach, so tracker funds, you're, so you're saying, well, I'm not bothered. Whatever happens, happens. So I would just for peace of mind, just be checking once a year just to see what's happening and then walking away. 
if your investment approach is a more active approach, so with active funds, I would still only look at it once a year, but I would be having, like we've got, we've got alerts set up on certain things, certain funds, if things change, fund managers move, if ratings change, so that if you do need to react, we don't want to react very often, we want to be proactive, but if you do need to react, you do it. But ideally, put your money in and forget about it. Let time do the hard work. Nice. Okay. That may be all the time we have for on this one. Okay. Lovely. Lovely. You can go and shave now. <laughs> Please remember, anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice. But if you do need support, feel free to contact us on Twitter. You can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app. That helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny. penny.